Hello, my name is Anthony Morrow. I'm the CEO of American Eagle Gold. Uh, with me right here is Mark Bradley, a very skilled geologist. He helped lead the team that made the gold rush discovery that Barrick owns just five kilometers north of our property. Uh, we're focused on exploring for a world-class gold project in Nevada. And just recently we made an acquisition called NAC. It's a copper gold, copper gold porphyry located in the Babine Copper District of BC. Our focus is on tier one assets in great jurisdictions where you won't lose your assets. Well, yeah, that's always a good. That's always good, isn't it? Uh, Anthony, Mark, welcome back. So you're back in July. Good to have you both back here. Um, so going to start with you, Anthony. So you're a copper company now, is that right? Matt, we're, we're tier one property explorer right now. Uh, we were in Nevada. Our company's called American Eagle Gold. But look, there's American Eagles also in, uh, in BC. They're all over North America. Uh, our focus is on being in safe jurisdictions so you don't lose your assets but also looking for tier one deposits. So right now we have uh, American Eagle Gold's first asset was a Golden Gate, just five kilometers south of, of Gold Rush, which is coming online anytime now this month with Barrick. Uh, and our, our decisions are, are data-driven and we weren't looking for a property in BC, it found us. Uh, we couldn't argue with the data that we saw and we decided to make the acquisition. It was a smart deal, it was a creative for shareholders. Uh, we absolutely love it. Well, it's it's a creative as yet to be seen, okay? Because it's 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 early days, and if I look at the sh your share price, you know, most gold companies, you know, have suffered a little bit in the last five six months, but you're still eight million dollar company. It's quite an aggressive acquisition. I mean, how much did you pay for this thing? Matt, sorry, I shouldn't have said a creative because you're right. That that will be proven later on. Not as dilutive as some of the other acquisitions we we could have made. We've looked at over over a hundred assets, uh, and this one was the best. Again, it was, it was data driven. Um, they had so many different layers of data, uh, geophysics, geochem. Uh, they all show the same coincidental anomalies. If you have th uh, three layers of data that show coincidental anomalies, Matt, you're in good shape. We had five. It was a no-brainer. Uh, and in terms of the acquisition cost, it's 2 million shares of American Eagle Gold, which is less than a 4% dilution of our current uh, shareholders, and 2 million shares of ore finders that we had on our, our treasury. So with that, we were able to acquire the asset. And what did you get for that? We get an asset that has a uh, non-compliant resource right now. They've done 18,000 meters of drilling. They put over $9 million of exploration on the property. Uh, they show a very large non-compliant resource, low-grade copper, low-grade gold. Uh, but with these types of copper gold porphyries, uh, they start deeper underground. Look at Totoga with GT Gold. Look at Red Crest. Uh, look at El Palo that's owned by BHP, that's all gold property. Uh, historically, uh, over 100 drill holes, the average depth is 169 meters. Uh, these higher grade block cave copper gold porphyries tend to start around 500 meters. Uh, nobody's drilled further than 400 meters on this property. Um, quite frankly, the last person that owned this did some geophysics on it. They never even interpreted. So what our team did was we digitized all the data, we reinterpreted, we saw some anom anomalies. And we're ready to drill. So not ready to drill yet, but we're we're actually already submitted our permit. So we can be ready soon. Okay. And, and why did they walk away from it, the previous owners? Copper is $2 a pound uh, back when they walked away in 2020. Okay, fine. So um, sorry. So this, this thing's been sitting around for how long? And how come you're the only guys at the table? The city, people have been looking at this since the 1960s. But you know, if you look at historically, these copper uh, plays in BC, they've been looking for open pit mines, something higher grade oxides. Those are hard to find in Nevada. They're also hard to find in BC. If even if you have one in BC, an open pit mine like New Prosperity, good luck permitting. Uh, if you want to have a copper mine in BC, I think it has to be underground block cave. And that's what we're looking for. 
Uh, people were just looking for open pits, similar to Golden Gate. People just did shallow drill holes. Uh, Matt, I've explained this a bunch of times. I've been told not to repeat uh, my me metaphors, but I go fishing a lot. So if you go down to the Atlantic Ocean, you're looking for marlin, you're not putting a fly fishing rod in the ocean. You're not going to catch a marlin with that. You put bent butt rods. And what these people were doing on these properties, they're putting fly fishing rods on there. Uh, we're looking for marlin. We're going to do deep drilling. We're hoping to find something. And all the data shows you that we have a good possibility of doing that. Okay, so how do you move this thing forward? Like I said, eight million buck market cap company. You, you've committed a little bit of capital there. Mark's going to tell me about what's been going on down in Nevada in a second. So, and and I, the other thing is, seems your or group chairman tells me it's easy to raise money. So you guys should have no problem raising money for this. So how much do you raise, and what are you going to do with it? First of all, it's it's easy to raise money. The real question is, at what cost of capital can you raise it? So that's the big question. Uh, but right now, we're fully funded for our current drill programs. We have about one, $1.2 million. We have $2.1 million in our treasure. We have a lot of room, a lot of runway. But, but, so but, but, but specifically for NAC, what, 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 how do you move that thing forward? So we're going to start showing, uh, we're going to start showing the public what we saw and why we decided to purchase it. It's got a lot of data. So right now, we're going to finish our drill hole. Uh, we're going to finish our block model. Uh, we're going to work on our 43101, first a technical report. We're going to put all the data together, all the drill holes, and hopefully come out with a main resource and surprise people uh, in Q1 next year, hopefully. Uh, from that, we want to move the stock price up and maybe find a strategic partner, maybe do another raise. Uh, but when the time is right, we want to raise some money somehow and put those holes into the ground. We're an exploration company. Uh, our job is to be drilling and to find ways to bring shareholder value. And we believe we did that by finding that. Okay, so with the data you're hearing, you can put out a main resource. Just so the market understands where this thing is at. It's a porphyry. It's going to be big, right? But what else is, what else is that going to tell us? What else are you going to need to produce around that to help us understand potential economics, how you go about, you know, value, creating value around this thing? Because porphyry is typically a big project with big companies with big balance sheets need to tackle. So how are you going to come, come at it? Yeah. So first of all, that, that resource is, going to sh is just going to prove that we have low grade, huge mineralization uh, at surface. The non-compliant, let me say it, non-compliant resources around 200, 290 million tons at low grade copper. Uh, what you have here is you have apophyses. Uh, they're essentially, essentially the copper and gold coming out of a, a lower, lower late obtrusive stock. And what they do is they distribute low grade gold. Underneath, we believe that there is a high grade stock there. Uh, Mark's, not a, Mark's not an expert in porphyry deposits, uh, but he knows enough to be dangerous. Uh, and what we do, our, our main foundation of our company is our skilled geologist, Mark, world-renowned expert uh, in the Carlin area of Nevada. And we also employ an individual, his name's Gary Artmont. You may not know him. A lot of these geologists you see on TV, they're not doing any geology anymore. They're, they're hyping up these funds. What Gary Artmont does is he's busy looking for assets and he's the person who's looked at a lot of the assets that we've been looking at to potentially acquire. And he loved this. Uh, you might not know him, but he did the original mapping at Grassburg for Freeport Mapran in the mid 80s. So he knows copper porphyry deposits better than anyone else in the world. He's similar to Mark in terms of copper porphyry that Mark is for, for Carlin type deposits. He loved this asset. He found it for us. He showed us why there is potential. So we're going to tap his brain and we're going to see how we can move this property forward. So first of all, it's a block model. It's the resource coming out with a drill program and showing the public where we plan to drill, why we plan to drill it and what we expect to find. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to lay things out for us. Q1. 
So we get a, a sense of what it is that excited you, okay? And you're going to de deconstruct that and, and help us understand that narrative. Fine. Let's get down south to uh, Nevada, another tier one jurisdiction. We won't lose your assets. I get it. Um, Mark, what have you been up to since we spoke in July? Yeah, uh, as you know, it's uh, been uh, a kind of a struggle to give, get the drill rig lined up because the situation in Nevada is so crazy right now. What, what do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? Because you got your permits uh, relatively quickly. So what happened to the yeah, drilling? The drilling, uh, basically every uh, every drilling company is booked solid right now in Nevada. Uh, they're, everybody's drilling. Nevada Gold Mines is drilling. Kinross is drilling. Uh, the smaller operators, uh, the small mines, everybody's drilling right now. And so it's been very difficult to get a rig scheduled, you know, for, especially for us, because we're a fairly small job, you know, three old, we're only drilling 3000 meters in this initial run. So, uh, to get a drill li rig lined up was a bit of a challenge, but we finally did. Uh, we do have a core rig on site now. Uh, we're about hundred meters down the, uh, started on the first hold and we'll be drilling till Christmas and then, uh, short Christmas break and then back right after New Year's and we'll continue drilling. Okay. And so yeah, the budget, the budget is what, how many meters are we looking, going to look for? We've budgeted roughly 3000 meters, uh, for, uh, basically we're anticipating we'll have to do fairly deep holes and get well into the target lower plate rocks, uh, looking for alteration mineralization there. So basically just a ballpark, roughly 900 to a thousand meters per hole is what we're looking at. Okay. So, areas. um, hard to get a hold of trailers. There's a lot of drilling happening. Your next problem is going to be assays and then getting back to the market and saying, hey, guys, here's what we're looking at. Right. Yeah, the, the, there's going to be a lag in assays for sure. Uh, right now, we're, the average assay time looks like it's around roughly six to eight weeks. So it'll probably be uh, February before we, you know, we get the first assays out. Right. OK. So it's not, not completely crazy. We've, seen, we've heard worse. We've heard worse. Um, okay, and like we had a great conversation when you, you when you came on in July. And you sort of explained obviously your, your background with Barrack and you know what you knew of the what you knew of the the, the region and the, and the Carlin trend, etc. Um, with, with this drilling, is there any more work going on in terms of helping you understand what it, you know what you're what you're starting to see here, or do you are you projecting a lot of the information which you've you've brought down from from Barrack? Um, onto the, onto the property, and I guess that may, may or may not be saving money. I mean, what are you spending your yeah, time doing? Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of this is based on my own experience with Barrick and uh, projecting geology from where I I know it very well at Cortez Hills and Gold Rush into the uh, southern part of the range where we're drilling right now, a few kilometers away. Uh, but we are continuing to work on targeting. Uh, one thing we haven't done too much work on yet is the eastern part of our property. Uh, which uh, is sitting directly south of Gold Rush. And that's something where we, while we're drilling these first holes uh, this winter, we're going to be continuing to advance targeting on the eastern part of the property, perhaps run some more geophysics, uh, do some preliminary modeling so that hopefully by uh, spring, uh, when we're finishing up those holes on the west half of the property, we can move the rig over and just start to get a couple of holes going on the east part as well. Okay. And Tony, there's one for you. When we spoke last time in July, you said, right, we've got enough money for the next 12 months. Uh, we've drilled three or four holes and we're going to drill next year. And this is about data gathering, right? That's what you told me. With this acquisition, does that put a hole in Mark's budget? You're going to have to go and raise some capital that, you know, allow him to do what you told me he was going to do. Yeah, good question, uh, Matt. Well, first of all, our, our budget right now for NAC is around $115,000. We have $75,000 for, for vendor payments. 
Uh, we've already covered our, our work commitments from the previous vendor, and we're looking at about $40,000 between the, the block model, the 43101, the technical report. Uh, we're going to wait. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to analyze this data, see what happens, see how the market takes it, uh, and then take it one step at a time. And hopefully by then our assays will come out and we'll have good results. Uh, but right now we're looking for next year. Our cash burn is going to be about 400000 2.1 currently million on our, on our balance sheet, $1.2 million current spend on our drilling. So that leaves us even after the $400,000 ambitious plan, around $500,000 of leeway. So we'll take it how it is right now. Well, of leeway, you say leeway, there's not a lot of money, right? Things go wrong, things get delayed, that that, that gets eaten up real quick. So um, I guess the, the point is, Deke, and I mentioned it earlier, in terms of if there is a need to go and get capital, do you feel comfortable that you can give Mark what he needs? Because the, the, the picture that I, I walked away uh, with is that you guys need to make this look pretty for potentially for, for Barrick, right? Effectively, because this this is, this is this is the name of the game here is you got to create enough data for them. You don't necessarily need to run through a whole bunch of studies and spend money on that. What you do need is a bunch of data to impress them. So, can you get that money to Landmark to do his thing? I hundred percent believe we can. And uh, like like I mentioned earlier, uh, Matt, the question is not whether we can. It's what's the cap- cost of capital and how much are we going to dilute our current shareholders, but I'm, I'm hoping we're gonna get some headwinds from our results, from the price of gold. Uh, I believe in Mark and in, in Mark we trust. So, and Matt, we, did, we didn't mention this earlier. And again, I say in Mark we trust. And a lot of shareholders email me today about NAC. They say, you're going into BC, it's copper gold porphyry. What does Mark think? I thought you're focusing on Nevada. And again, we're focusing on tier one districts and safe jurisdictions, which we did. And, and Mark, I guess I'm gonna interview you. Uh, just t- tell, tell the people that are listening, what you thought of that project, because I tell you what, uh, we had an individual that, that helped find find it for us. We liked it, but everything goes through Mark and Mark makes the final decision. So maybe Mark, you just bring us through that when, when you saw Knack and why you like it so much. Okay. Yeah. I guess just, uh, just as a little bit of background as I'm not the expert on Porphyry's that Gary is obviously, I don't have his, his wealth of experience, but you know, I am a trained economic geologist. I've looked at porphyry systems before. I've actually evaluated a couple of the BC porphyries for Barrick when I was working for them, uh, including Red Chris and uh, Saddle, the GT Gold deposit. I looked at both of those in detail. So I do have some background in, co- in looking and evaluating copper gold porphyries. And I was very encouraged after seeing what Gary had put together and his team put together uh, in the data. Uh, there are definitely some real distinct similarities to what I saw at both Red Chris and at Saddle, um, particularly things like uh, in the drilling, they did uh, the couple of deep holes they did have in the property. Uh, there was an abundant abundance of boronite downhole, and which is a copper sulfide, and that's a very key indicator for looking for these higher grade block cave porphyry opportunities. Uh, it's if you have a lot of boronite, that's a good sign that. There could be higher grades and there was in the historic drilling there were some indications of higher grades of depth as well so there was there's enough evidence there from the geophysics and from the drill data to suggest that yeah this is an opportunity for a, a deep copper gold uh, block caving deposit uh, there so uh, from my uh, from my background, I was very encouraged for what I saw. Okay, look, um, guys, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. I'm going to final question for you, Tony. Is you've got to get some jet fuel into this thing. You've got to get out there and tell the story. It, 
you disseminating and breaking down the Nat Copper story, I think it's going to be really, really important for people to understand the data that you have bought into and you're now committed to. And obviously, with the drills are starting, well, the drilling starting down in Nevada, we need to see you know you know more of that coming and flowing through into the marketplace because I think you've got the beginnings of two quite nice projects here, but you're not out there enough, we want to see more of you. And we want to definitely hear, you know, the, the strategy, because when you talk, it, it seems quite sensible, but we don't hear enough, enough enough from you. So I just leave you with that thought. Come back and see us in the new year. And perhaps, um, I don't know if Gary or, or, or Mark could come back and maybe do a slightly more technical uh, interview with one of our analysts on, on both projects. We'd really love that. Uh, looking forward to having them back. And Matt, you're exactly right. I, I appreciate the uh, constructive criticism like my, like my mother gives me. I, I take a lot of blame for where our stock price is right now. We have great geologists, world-renowned ones, great assets and amazing locations looking for tier one deposits. It's my job to go out there. People ask me what the catalysts are. Drilling's a catalyst, but also catalyst is marketing. It's about me going out there, making sure people know about that story. And once to talk to them, making sure that they can buy the stock, because I believe it's a compelling story. We're undervalued. There's a lot of upside. We're in the Cortez district of Nevada, which is the future of Newmont and Barracks growth. You cannot be closer to their facility than we are. And also we're looking for a large copper gold porphyry in one of the best jurisdictions after Chile and Argentina in the world. Uh, in BC. So we're going to go out there. And Matt, like you said, you can have a dollar ounce coins, be up on top of Mount Everest. You came and sell them for a dollar. So right now I'm going to tell everyone about the story. I left a large mining company with a good salary to do this because I believe in it. I want everyone else to understand why I did. Mark believes in it. Gary believes in it. We're going to continue driving the story forward. And I appreciate you having me on.